Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All podcasts on the NRL Supercoach Talk Network are proudly sponsored by Brett Oten Solicitors, a law firm specializing in the entertainment, media, and tech industries. Now, if you need any intellectual property, contract, or other business advice, please visit brettoten.com.au. That's B-R-E-T-T-O-A-T-E-N, or contact Brett on Twitter, which is just at Brett Oten. Sydney-based, but servicing clients wherever you may be. Um, obviously, shout-out to the boys from Moneyball here at the top of the show as well. Heaps of cash to be won over at moneyball.com.au also, so make sure you jump across there and check that out. All right, we've had a late scratching this week. Um, Copes was supposed to be on the pod, but he's pulled up sick following the thrashing that Queensland gave New South Wales last night. So it's Joe Fitz and myself as per usual, and we'll get it stuck into it right now. Hello everyone, welcome back for another edition of the SC Report podcast. Joe Fitz, mate, we are coming off a Queensland shellacking in Game 3, aren't we? Yeah, that was an absolute touch-up, mate. Um, Yeah, north of the border, we're all uh, in pretty good moods today. Exactly. Absolute hiding. Queensland played very well. Munster, you know, Munster was great. Smithy was great. Uh, Chambers out in the centres I thought was really good. And the the forwards did, you know, was solid and laid the foundation, I suppose you could say. But just, uh, just another year and another Queensland victory, I suppose. Yeah, 11 of 12. It's, um, look, I've I, I got to feel bad for the New South Wales supporters. <laughs> um, like, what do you do? Like, if, if they can't win this series with the amount of talent they had on the other side, uh, you know, wh- when are they going to win? Um, you know, it doesn't bode well, but that's all right. You know, we, Queenslanders need to be good winners about it and not mock them too hard because it's a two-horse race. So there's every chance that uh, New South Wales might be able to bounce back next year. That's right. That's right, mate. That is right. We will enjoy it while it lasts and look forward to next year's series, I suppose. Um, so obviously big podcast tonight coming off the back of Origin, leading into round 19, uh, last of the bye rounds for the year with the four teams on the bye this week. So we'll cover off on all of that and all the usual things. Um, we kick off with around the grounds and Joe, you had the highest score out of the three of us this week, mate. Well done. Cheers, mate. 898, not terribly high, but it did bounce me um, a few dozen spots up to uh, into the 1200s. Um, 821 for you, mate, edged winning out by one. Um, you, you're sniffing around, you know, you're at 2200. Um, you know, you're still in with a shot of the key ring. Yep, yep, still in with a shot. I think I, what did I get up to a couple of weeks ago? I think it was about 1400th or 1300th or something. So I've dropped back, but... Um, Mate, there's one bloke to blame. Well, there's two blokes to blame this week. Curtis Scott, to a lesser extent. Um, that was very disappointing that he was a late withdrawal. But I was one of the people, and I don't know how how many others there were, who traded in um, good old Jared Kennedy on Friday before lockout and got what? zero. 
So what's good doing with that? Yeah, and and to rub salt in the wound, mate. Sean oh. Wayne goes goes massive as well. I didn't bring him in, so you know I, I can hardly gloat. But you know to to not have Kennedy uh, playing, you've paid twenty grand more for him <laughs> than than Lane cost, and then Lane puts in uh, a massive game like that. Yeah, mate, he's super coach. I don't know why we do it. I know, so frustrating, so annoying, but. Oh well, oh well. Still got five. Still got my five trades left, and what have we got? About six or seven weeks. So I'm hanging in there, mate. One thing I'm doing okay in is the board bets, though. Um, like we always do, we'll post them up in the body of this post on the website. We'll cover off on a couple very quickly now. Um, I've lost the bet with Copes, which was Cameron Smith head to head with Isaac Luke. Um, Smithy's crushed him in that one. Um, mate, you and Wenin have made a new bet this week regarding Jesse Bromwich. Yeah, he got a bit he got a bit mouthy because uh, Jesse Bromwich has done well the last two buy rounds, and and I've had him in. So um, he's dead set certain that Bromwich won't average fifty five. Uh, from this round to the end of the year. And, you know, I'm pretty comfortable. Bromwich was a, a trade-out for me originally this week, but I think, you know, 64, uh, three-round average if you take out that injury-affected uh, week. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident that he's going to get 55-plus. I need to actually uh, claw back a couple of stake bets. I've, I've, I've been a bit unlucky um, just looking at this list. Yeah, mate, I'll, I'll be, I'm with Wenin on that one. I don't think he'll average 55. And one bet that we need to add to this list was our bet about um, Bromwich peaking in price. You you said over 4.10. I said under 4.10. And, mate, last I looked, he was still waning around about the 3.10 mark. So he's got a long way to go. Yeah, he'll come. I mean, obviously, the injury affected, uh, you know, the back injury, 21, didn't help, mate. But I'm, I'm confident I'll, I'll ride and die with Jesse Bromwich. Well, mate, I think you're going to be paying out a few stakes, just like you will be to myself for beating Gordon Tallis. I think we can call that one now. Dead set. I'm going to get his home address, and I'm going to write. I'm going to, like, <laughs> I'm going to have some stern words. Like Gordon Tallis, he's, he's a flagship, uh, you know, super coach. Every super coach in the game can add him as a rival. He's running 59,000, and he played five players on the weekend. Like, this this is an outrage. There needs to be a Jeff Tuvey style investigation. This <laughs> bloody disgrace, Talis. I was always a Webkey man. <laughs> you can get oh, that stuffed. Oh mate, you've you've lost that one. So we'll have we'll do a tally up as the season wraps to a close, and we'll actually work out who's going to actually buy all these steaks and how many consecutive weekends we're going to have to be going to the Norman Hotel. For steak dinners. Um, all right, mate, so we'll, we'll roll straight into the news, obviously coming off that Origin game. Um, so all I've heard about people missing this weekend is potentially Fafida, maybe Maloney, maybe Wade Graham. I haven't heard too much else. What are you hearing around the traps for, the, for this weekend's availability? Yeah, it seems fairly quiet from the uh, the origin front uh, injury-wise. But, you know, some bad news for Matt Moylan owners. Uh, pulled a hammy in training today. Don't have a grade on it, but he's been definitely ruled out for this week and maybe uh, a few weeks more. So uh, I think that strikes when and mate. Um, what a shame. He went Moylan over Cleary. Hey? Yeah. What a shame. I know. My, my 
my heart reaches out to him. Um, <laughs> Jake Friend, uh, broken hand, he's out for a few more weeks. Ewan Aiken's done his hammy again. Uh, Flash Gordon may be out for the season with the, with a peck. Um, and Angus Crichton made broken bone in his foot. He's still playing, though. That's a weird one. Yeah, a little broken bone in his foot, according to NRL Physio on Twitter. Uh, mate, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I've heard a few people talking about selling him, and I'm, I don't think it's the worst idea, to be honest. I mean, I know he still scored 82 last week, but he's 554k, break-even is 119. So if you're going to sell it, if you're going to sell him, sorry, now is the time. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I, oh, yeah, I don't think it's the worst idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. It just depends how you set up. Um, you know, if if you've got a little bit of bank and something like an MWZ or a, or an Adam Elliott or whatever to move on this week, and you can add 554k to that, you're essentially trading Crichton and someone that you'll never play for two games. So you know, it's it, you know, everyone's side's different um, at the moment, but we're all looking to get the same kind of players in. And if Crichton is a stepping stone to getting two kind of out-and-out guns, then I think you can justify it, particularly if you're low on trades because, you know, you don't want to run out of trades with kind of four or five weeks to go or three weeks to go and all of a sudden Crichton decides to shut it down because South can't make the finals. Yeah. You know, then you've got half, half a million or more dollars just, you know, wasting away on your bench. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think I'm going to have a look at that. You know, maybe even if you were trading like Crichton for Mannering or Jake Turbo or Papali, you know, those sort of guys probably a little bit more reliability, a little bit more consistency. You're going to make yourself, you know, somewhere between sort of 100 and or somewhere between sort of 70K and 100K in the process as well. So, yeah, I don't think it's the worst idea, to be honest. What what I will say is, that, you know, for all my raging about not owning Crichton, I figured there's only one way to stop him. Um, so I played him <laughs> last week. <laughs> So uh, everyone can blame me if he shuts it down for the season. I figure, you know, uh, I've got to either own him or break him somehow. So, um, yeah, brought him in a week ago and, uh, yeah, looks like he's broken his foot. So sorry about that, guys. I think it's only fair to blame you. I think it's only fair. Absolutely. All right, mate, let's let's jump straight into the games for this weekend. We'll go through the team list quickly um, and we'll go through some of the late mail and some of the matchups as we do it. First game Friday night, Warriors and Panthers. Isaac Luke has recovered quickly, and he's back into the side, along with Solomon Ikata, um, Vete and Roach are out. This game is to be played at the renamed Manu Vatuve Stadium, um, obviously before Manu heads across to England. Uh, late game Friday night, Raiders and Dragons. Jeez, that'll be a blockbuster. Um, Hodgson's <laughs> in, Milne and Dufty are in, Frizzell and Aitken are out. So what are we hearing about? I mean, I don't, I don't think Frizzell is particularly super coach relevant, but it's more likely than not that he's going to get a rest this week. It looks like. Yeah, and there's an outside chance that Vaughan uh, will play with that calf. But I mean, as you saw with Cordner uh, on Wednesday night um, and Lachlan Coote earlier in the season, calves just don't 
you know, you don't just come back 100% from a calf injury, even if you don't re-injure it, um, you know, you're just not at 100%. So, you know, I, I would be wary of, uh, you know, any Vaughan owners actually playing him in the 17 uh, if, if you've got a really strong side um, because he could be low minutes um, that if he does make the side. Frizzell, um, you know, he was fairly super coach relevant last year, but he's been a little bit off the boil from an SC perspective this year, uh, even though he's played well. Um, just, I'm just off the bat, mate. Um, yeah. Know, yep. if, if, you, if you own the Widdops and the Laffies and, uh, you know, even even DeBellin, who is the only dragon I own, has been a bit off the boil. So I just think as a side, they've lost their mojo. Um, Josh McCrone's back at halfback, mate, so who knows? Yeah, he could turn it around. He could turn it around. But, yeah, I've actually got the captain um, sitting on Rapana at the moment. I think he he might be in for a bit of a, a night out, hopefully, against the Dragons there. So we'll um, we'll have a look. Yeah, I've, I'll leave that sitting there, I think, till tomorrow afternoon and go back and have a double-check there after uh, Semi's captain's article comes through. Knights and the Broncos is the 5.30 game on Saturday. For the Knights, Gagai's back. Uh, post-origin and for the Broncos Milford is possibly a late inclusion there depending on how his shoulder pulls up um, Jermaine Isako has been named on the wing um, just on the daily tally late mail at the moment there's potential talk that he might drop out of the side so maybe don't bring him as an in as enough just yet uh, second game Saturday we'll just roll straight into that Titans and Sharks no real changes for the Titans and for the Sharkies. They've taken a big, they've brought a big squad. Sorry, up here to the Gold Coast uh, with Seguiaro there named on an extended bench. But like we said, there might be some late changes there with regards to Fafida, Maloney, and potentially Wade Graham um, having a spell. Yeah, it's a bit of a yawner actually. Uh, a lot of these games from a super coach perspective. Um, you know, you mentioned the the young bloke from the Broncos, Jonas Pearson, maybe um, an in for him. The pardon me. The problem is, um, I, I actually think the time is past now to bring in enough who is playing. Um, I know you know this is a, a bye week, so you know not every team's there. But at the same time, you know all the Origin players are back, and you know enough at this stage of the season is someone who is not going to play and is not going to be an auto emergency nightmare. If you're you know trading someone in as enough who's actually playing, it it means that even if uh, you know they're only one injury away at worst from kind of clogging up your bench for 15, 20 points. So I just don't think at any stage bringing in uh, enough cheapie is the, uh, that's playing is the way to go. So um, Seagulls, Tigers, um, Teddy apparently is confirmed. Uh, which is good news for owners like myself who've, you know, stuck with him through the origin period. And Jake Jaboyevich um, also tipped to back up and uh, not really sure what else uh, is super coach relevant. Obviously, the Seagulls we've been talking about for weeks and weeks because of their buy coverage. You know, you like to Pow and Walker, DC, etc. Um, Jerbo is a, is a solid goal, top 17 player for me, though, uh, for the run home. What about you? Yep, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's a good option, definitely. Uh, this, well, I, I don't know if I would go this week, just backing up from Origin. I don't know how many minutes he played. I mean, it probably wasn't huge, but I might just wait, wait a week there um, and, and jump on those sort of guys backing up from Origin the week after, potentially, just with that risk that, that they play slightly reduced minutes this week. Um, 
But yes, I'd have no problem having Jake in my final team, that's for sure. And yeah, like you said, for the Tigers, apart from Tedesco, uh, there's not not a lot doing there, unfortunately. Yeah, mate. Those Cowboys. Uh, Robert Jennings, remember him? I admit, I, I think I owned him for about three weeks uh, earlier this year. Uh, he's in, and a guy I owned for about three weeks as well, Braden Burns, uh, is out. And Cows are 1 to 17. There's some interesting um, kind of options there for the run home in both of those sides. A couple of players we'll touch on later, but uh, Michael Morgan's definitely one of them. Yeah, definitely. Morgan, great option, obviously. We know the stats without JT in the side. He's averaging 80 or something like that, I think. So no dram, no dramas at all there, um, you know, picking up Morgan in your final 17 either, I don't think. All right, mate, so that's that's the six games for this weekend. we got two Friday, two Saturday, and two Sunday. So a nice symmetrical round. Not really the best matchups this weekend, to be honest, but... At least it's good to have footy back, you know, and a, a few more than just four games for the week. All right, let's roll straight through onto trade time, mate. So we're going to cover some buys, some sells, VC captain option, um, and then talk about what our trades for the week are going to be. So on the buy side of things, obviously, most teams have finished their buys, as in BYEs, um, this week. The only teams on the buy this week are the Bulldogs, the Eels, the Roosters, and the Storm. So... So that opens up a lot of guns, um, and obviously the Origin guys are finished as well. If if you're feeling like jumping on them uh, this particular week, so we've got a list of guys here. We've got the likes of of Sean Lane, Mannering, Jake Chaboyevich, James Roberts from Brisbane, Papali, McCulloch, Morgan, and then Jared Hayne. So look, these guys are all particularly interesting options this week. I think to bring in, um, aside from Lane, you know, you could realistically have any of these, the rest of these guys in your final team. I might just talk about Hayne and then I'll, I'll throw over to you um, to talk about anyone who you want to cover off on. So Hayne, mm-hmm. Hayne's an interesting one. He's 360K. Obviously, the last few weeks he's been on fire. Three round average of 90, coming off 95, 110, um, and a 64 the round before that. Really starting to find some form for the Titans, um, and the Titans as a whole are, are starting to play a little bit better. He's a five-eight fullback duel, which is definitely appealing. Um, and I'm look, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about it, but probably you know you need to sort of shift some dual positions around and things like that. I wouldn't be against a Tohu Harris to Jared Hayne trade. For example, that's only going to cost you about forty-five grand. Um, I'd have no problem with that. I probably wouldn't trade Curtis Scott to Hayne, for example. Um, with that injury to Chase Blair, Curtis Scott looks likely to get some significant game time, hopefully over the back half of the season. And he's still got a lot of cash to be made, and he's you know been playing really well when he has been in the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone like Tohu, you know, if you can upgrade a Fui Moano, something like that, maybe, and make like a Dylan Edwards to Hayne, would you consider doing that sort of move? I've, I looked at that really only, you know, Edwards appears to have kind of capped out at 317k at the moment with a break even at 61. But gee, if you look at, at the Panthers run home, they've got so many games at home. Um, they're much better at home as well. Um, I, I think I might actually hold on to Edwards and it's probably the only thing that's keeping Mansour in my side as well. Um, but you know, further to your point, you know, the likes of Edwards, uh, Adam Elliott, 
Phil Milano, all those guys kind of, you know, above 200K and below kind of 350K. They're that kind of middle class that you really want to be trading down to nuffs and then using that money to trade up, uh, you know, to your real guns because, you know, the the tried and true method now is to just go as many guns as you can and eliminate that middle class pretty much until you run out of trades. Yep, agreed. Yeah, so, yeah, I've, I'll be taking a look at Hayden this weekend. If you want to get him, this week is the is the time to do it because he's on a negative 30 break even. So you've got to move this week. Mate, who do you want to talk about from the list? Yeah, I think, you know, we'll probably maybe do a bit more in-depth on pods next week. But uh, Morgan, we mentioned before, and I think McCulloch was very, was quite popular early in the season. He, he got off to a, an absolute rip-snorter uh, first month of the, of the season before getting injured. Um, I think, you know, most people will be looking to bring Cam Smith in, but with the with the Jake Friend injury, um, obviously Mitch Rain has badly underperformed, and and now that you know he's played the big buy, anyone who brought him in will be looking to move him on. Um, McCulloch's not a bad second option. I don't think you can rely on Isaac Luke um, and Josh Hodgson's up and down, and McInnes has fallen off a cliff. So, you know, I think as a bit of a pot option, someone like McCulloch who, um, you know, if he's not playing 80 minutes, he's going to go very, very close. Um, you know, he's a pretty solid, and Brisbane tend to lift towards the uh, end of the year in the run up to the finals. And that probably brings James Roberts into play as well. At 328, he's extraordinarily cheap. I've never rated him and I don't think I've ever owned him, but he can go on those kind of two, three week spurts where, you know, all of a sudden that 328K turns into kind of 480, 490. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't mind McCulloch. He, um, first of all, he had a couple of low games in the middle of the season, but aside from that, he's been going really well. So definitely worth a look there. James Roberts is an interesting one, a, a bit more of a risk, um, but we know what he can do when he gets on a roll. He's got a season average of 60, only a three-round average of 34. So he's, his last three scores are 36, 30, 36. So he's due, mate. He's due for some tries. He's due for some big ones especially with all the Origin boys back and playing against the Knights this week. I would not be surprised if he, you know, if he tons up this week in particular. Break-even's 93, so his price is not going anywhere fast. But if you want to get those points this week up against the Knights, I've got no problem there with James Roberts. Um, I suppose... The- this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com weightloss weight loss. That's PlushCare.com weightloss weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. The big, the big boppers up front, Mannering, Trebojevic and Papali, 478, 458, 425k. Um, in what order do you rank them sort of taking into account point scoring ability and price? Papali, I think, is a clear third. Uh, had an amazing start to the year and obviously had that issue, that little issue where he won wanker of the week uh, for dogging himself in for drink driving. But um, look, Mannering to Boyevich, uh, I think you need to have both, frankly. Um, but I very slightly favour uh, Trebojevic only because he's played you know a couple of months there without his brother and I think his um, points scoring potential is much higher with his brother kind of you know running off his shoulder in the middle of the ruck so um, they're priced roughly the same Mannering's kind of slow and steady but uh, Trebojevic is the kind of guy that can land you 130 uh, if he has a good week yeah, look, I, yeah, I think it's pretty close. It's pretty close between Mannering and Trebojevic. Just looking at Trebojevic's scores here, I mean, even during the Origin period, he's still averaging 67 in his last three and 75 in his last five. Um, does include a 123 that five round average, but yeah, some decent scores there for Trebojevic. 450k break even 84. So again, not going anywhere fast, but I'd have him. I'd have him and Mannering on equal pegging and then Papali slightly below them. Now, mate, someone who Sangster and Rob Sutherland talked about on their pod uh, was Ben Hunt, obviously made his Origin debut very late in the piece last night, um, but he has been included in back into the starting lineup for the Broncos after a bit of a rough trot through the middle of the season. Um, he's got a three-round average of 74, and his two-round average is even better. It's it's about 82, 83, if my maths is correct. Um, only 360K. Would you be willing to take a punt on Ben Hunt? Well, I mean, you know, we spoke a few minutes ago about Milford being a possible in. Um, you know, Ben, you know, as well as Ben Hunt's been playing the last couple of weeks, Benji Marshall's been the form half for the Broncos. Um I would find it very unlikely that Marshall gets dropped. Um, Milford is an automatic start. So, you know, as as early as this week, Ben Hunt could be coming off the bench. So I just don't think um, he's any kind of option, frankly. Like, if he had job security, yep, 360K is tempting given his pedigree. But, um, you know, there's been times this year where he's been the fourth choice halfback. Um, you know, if you factor Milford in and Nick Arima starting and Benji Marshall coming back in favour. So, um, you know, when push comes to shove, Bennett has, has, you know, shown decade after decade in his coaching career that if you're leaving the club, um, he won't favour you uh, in the selection ahead of anyone else. So, yeah, I'm just not sure that, you know, everyone's getting pretty tight on trades, whether you're going to risk bringing Ben Hunt in and all of a sudden he reverts back to a 20-minute bench player. Yeah, it's definitely a big risk. Um, and, it, you know, he's only available at halfback as well. So, you know, like myself, I've got Johnson and Cleary sitting in my halves at the moment. I know Johnson's a jewel, but I'm quite happy to, to sort of run with those two boys for the rest of the season. So I'll be passing on Ben Hunt, but especially up against the Knights this week, you know, if Milford doesn't play or if Milford comes off the bench or something, I can I can see Hunt having a good score this week, but he's not there for the rest of the season. For me, um, for me this week, it's the likes of, of Hayne, Morgan, Trebojevic, um, Mannering. They should be the targets um, for this particular week, but obviously to buy people, we need to sell people. Now, 
a lot of us are very tight on trades. I myself have got five left. How about you? Uh, ding, 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 ding. I'm down to five, mate. I've got a pretty water, t- <coughs> pardon me, watertight plan, and that involves uh, two trades this week and two trades next week, and then one emergency trade <laughs> for, the, uh, for the five weeks uh, remaining, mate. So, yeah, pretty tight. Um, this is the interesting thing. You know, I was talking before about those middle class, you know, those mid price players um, going one up, one down to get uh, your guns in. Um, interesting little uh side do you own semi no i sold him about three weeks ago so he's kind of come back into form the, the eels seem to be settled on what their uh their side looks like with gutherson at fullback french on the wing uh you know and norman and moses in the halves does it uh, my original plan was to semi out and bring rapana in but combination of Rapana uh, having a break-even of around 150 and Semi almost hunting up on the weekends got me reconsidering that. So if you did only mate, is he on the list to go? He, yeah, I think he would be on my list to go. I don't think he's final 17. Um, I don't know if I'd get Rapana in particular. He's quite expensive. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say Tommy Dravojevic, but I, I'm guessing that you've already got him. And most people have already got him. So from there... Yeah, from there, center wing gets tricky. Um, you know, take Rapana, take Crichton, take Tommy Turbo out of it. Um, I mean, who's the next best? Well, I think a lot of us are hoping that it's Mansour, but two-round average of 30, um, I'm very, very concerned. I, I sold Munster for him, and uh, <laughs> pardon me, and uh, he's not doing the business for me. So, you know, to the point where I'm thinking maybe uh, I bring Munster back in next week. But Tohu Harris has fallen off a cliff, you know, at, you think he was kind of a, a Crichton type, you know, dual position player that, that has a high base uh, playing 80 minutes. But yeah, whether it's injury or, or just lack of form, I think he's almost a must sell, um, you know, notwithstanding the fact he has the buy. Jesse Bromwich, is, we've got down there as well. 310k. He was only ever buy coverage for me, but I think I'm going to be stubborn now that I've I've had I've got those bets with you and Wenon. <laughs> I might actually <laughs> hold him. Um, the the Storm guys, I'm not really sure what what you do with them outside of um, outside of Smith as, as a kind of a locked in player and Curtis Scott is that cheapy. Um, Harris has got to go for you, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got to go, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I've I've got no cash. I've spent all my cash. I've got seventeen grand. That's it. So I need to. It it would need to be two trades because I'd need to sell someone else. And I'm looking at my team and trying to work out who that other person is going to be. You know that I would sell to turn to make it worthwhile and turn Tohu into someone. And there's no one who's screaming out. Um, you know maybe I could go Tohu down to some. Or maybe I could go Elijah Taylor down to a rookie and then sell Tohu Harris for Trebojevic or, or Mannering or someone like that. Um, but really, it's it's two trades to turn Elijah Taylor into Turbo. And look, I know Turbo's you know probably 10 points per game, at least if not more, better. But it feels like a lot to sacrifice for two trades, especially with only five left in the season. Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, you mentioned Dylan Edwards before. I'm just looking at the Panthers' run home. They play the Warriors at Mount Smart, and we all know what the Warriors do post-origin. Uh, so that, that could be anything. And but, then mate, got... I was... I was in mm-hmm. Auckland. I was in Auckland for work this week, and the weather yeah. is absolutely shit house at the moment. It is freezing, oh, really? freezing cold, and raining every day. 
Okay, well, so cold. We'll it's the coldest I've ever been in my whole life. Have to keep a, uh, a an eye out for the weather article on the site um, yeah. a bit later in the week for a forecast. Um, but after that game, they've got four on the trot at home: Titans, Bulldogs, Tigers, and then a JT less. Cowboys, um, I, I would not be dumping any Panthers at this stage, even Mansour, who's underperforming, um, because you know their Titans, Bulldogs, Tigers are all bottom tier teams, and uh, Panthers go pretty good at home. So um, I'd hold on to Edwards, hold on to Mansour. Um, you're going to have to, you might have to go to an Elijah Taylor if you want to go up to that gun. Yeah, and I see you've got Nathan Brown here on the list, mate. There's no way we can sell old Brown Dog. 4.15k, break-even 42, coming off an 82 and a 77. Mate, I'd, I'd be quite happy with Brown in my final 17. Yeah, I actually saw, and it, it may just be a function of the fact that he's on a buy, but um, he's not in the top 10 traded out players at the moment. But when I started putting this run sheet together earlier in the week, he was. Um, so I just thought it was worth a mention. Um, I think people just panicking by the fact that, uh, you know, Parramatta has to buy this week. But, yeah, Nathan Brown is a is a bolted-on top 17 player uh, this year. Certainly wouldn't be selling him. No. Nah. Agreed, mate. I mean, the other trade-outs here, just in the top 10 list, pretty straightforward. Luke Keary, Gordon, Manu Ma'u, Adam Elliott, Fuimuano, Jake Friend, and then the Tigers guys who have peaked in price, like Asan Masters and MWZ as well. They can they can definitely go, and Dylan Edwards there is sitting at 10. Um, we've sort of spoken about him a bit. Yeah, so, mate, so for trades for me this week, I'm... Um, I'm sitting on the fence at the moment. I've got, I've only, well, actually, let's assume that Fafita is playing again now. So let's put him back as a reserve. So I've got 18. It'd be his first, it'd be his first game for the week. So, you know, he's got to be fresh. <laughs> I've, that gives me 19 players. Um, so it gives me Fui Milano and Cody Walker as coverage outside my 17. Um, look, I mean, it's it's by no means the best team in the world, but it's a half-decent squad for the week. It, it, it is playing Dylan Edwards in the centres, um, and it is playing Elijah Taylor as well. But I don't at the moment, I'm, I'm probably not going to trade unless I can miraculously work out how I can get a decent player and only make one trade. What about yourself? Yeah, as I mentioned before, um, the penciled-in trades I had were semi-out for Rapana. Um, I, I kind of had that locked in a few weeks ago, not realising that Rapana's got uh, a break-even of about a thousand. But you know, the problem is facing a St George side that are absolutely spiralling. Um, you know, would anyone be surprised if he if he knocked out 130? Um, so that's the worry. You know, you you get him for probably 40k cheaper next week, but you miss out on those on the, those kind of bulk points. Um, the other one is Elliot, who's just been an absolute gun um, ever since Brett Oten got on the podcast and, <laughs> and, uh, and talked up the fact that, you know, he's 15-minute a game bench player in Adam Elliott was good. Uh, the week after that, he gets the starting role and turns into a star. But no, he's done his shift. Um, Bulldogs with the bye now. He's got, he's probably going to turn to Trebojevic, assuming uh, Trebojevic backs up. And uh, week after that, it's it's going enough, and then bringing Cam Smith in, which I'd say would be two of the most popular trades for the week. So um, that'll be my final side sorted. So um, it's just a matter of making the call on whether I go a week early on Rapana. Okay, so who would you would you prefer, Crichton and Tohu Harris, 
or say Hayne and Trebojevic? I think that the injury risk for both of those, uh, the first two you mentioned, Crichton and uh, Tohu Harris, would default to the to Hayne and uh, Trebojevic. I, I think Trebojevic is as close to a must-own as there is in this game. Um, you know, he's just an absolute weapon, guaranteed massive minutes, and, you know, for a forward, he's as likely to get attacking stats as anyone. So, um, yeah, Gerbo is a, is a must for me, and I think that Toe Harris has just been a massive disappointment um, since he came back and... And Crichton, 550k, but that broken bone in, in his foot scares mm. me a bit. So I, 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold on to him, but I can't blame anyone if they want to cut and run because that's a, a pretty massive slice of cash if you picked it, you know, if you got Crichton for 250k earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, I will continue to think about that. Um, VC for me at the moment is on SJ and Captain is on Rapana. What about you? Yeah, uh, Sean Johnson for me, and again, it just depends on that uh, Auckland weather report. And at the moment, it's on Gallon, but uh, we'll have to see if Fafita doesn't. Uh, if Fafita does back up, it might be a few less minutes. But you know, Gal, I think really wore down in the weeks leading up to the buy. So hoping that uh, you know those two weeks off means that he comes back fresh. So worth a risk for mine. Yep, yep, definitely. Okay, mate, let's go on to question time from Twitter here. Let me bring this up on the phone. We'll fire through them like we did last week. Um, and, you know, we'll go back and forth. So question here from at MyRabbits1969. He asks, Morgan or Hayne? Um, for me, just, oh, geez, this is a tough one, but the price price difference being about... 80k, I think. I'm just bringing Morgan's price up. Yeah, price difference will 425. be 425. Yeah, and Hayne's about 360, so it'll be about 60k. I'm going to go Hayne. Well, the most important number for me is actually not how much they cost; it's ownership. Morgan, 2.7% owned. That that is an epic pod for someone with his potential at this uh, at this time of year. So, you know, it's one thing. You know, I've, we've talked up the Mannerings and the Trebojeviches and you know Rapanas and stuff like that tonight. But um, if you can get someone that's going to have the same point scoring output or better uh, than them, but instead of being 25% owned, he's 2.7% owned. Um, that's exactly what you want at this time of year so you know Hayne still has much higher ownership uh and yeah that tips it to Morgan uh for me even though he used that 80k more expensive okay Martin Lau asks Slater or RTS for the run home I'm gonna say RTS I think he's in really good form at the moment and he will hopefully continue that on yeah, RTS I've had since round one and, and resisted trading him out on the assumption that he's going to get better and better as his ACL comes good. Um, I like Slater, though. I mean, G looked good last night, didn't he? Um, you know, the Billy of old is back, but even at his uh, peak, Slater was kind of a lower-end gun, kind of a 60 to 65 um, points a game score, and I think RTS's output and potential is higher than that at the moment. So um, it would be RTS for me. Okay. 
Um, at SC under the radar, who's always a good follow if anyone wants to get some more Supercoach information on Twitter, at SC under the radar. What's Lane's job security like? Is he is he ahead of Brown now after last week's performance? You'd have to say yes, I think. Lewis Brown's a plotter. Sirenin with that pec injury, I think he was out for sort of the majority of the season. So, look, Lane could, could get some decent minutes here, I think. Oh, look, he could, but, you know, you, you're trying to argue logic with some a situation that's inherently illogical. Lewis Brown was was named to start ahead of Kennedy, ahead of Lane, uh, you know, when both of those guys haven't been in the side all year. Lewis Brown's been in the side, even though it's been on the bench. Um, so, you know, on, on you know, history this year you've got to think that Barrett rates Brown above them so um, I don't think Sean Lane is someone that you can rely on for um, you know more than this week Brown's due to be back uh, next week I believe and the proof will be in the pudding then but you know at 143k it could be worth a gamble yep and mate our good mate at crusader underscore 29 is Mansour a trade out Given he has ball hogs inside of him, I think we've just we've decided that the Panthers' run over the next four or five weeks is too good, and we think that all the Panthers are holds at the moment. I don't I don't feel good about it. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, but um, I think the fact Moylan might be up for a couple of weeks could help uh, could help Mansour. So yeah, look, uh, he's certainly not a buy, um, but I wouldn't quite call him a sell just given that that run home. Okay, okay. I'm just skimming down here. Give me a second. Best, oh, I think we've sort of covered that one. Um, who would be the, this is from at LSGK91. Who should be the final fullback combo to run into the finals with? Teddy, Slater, RTS, Walker, Hayne? Or is there anyone left field outside of that list? Um, I'll be running with RTS. And I think I've actually got Munster sitting up up there in fullback at the moment. So they'll be my two for the run home. Yeah, you, you can't really go wrong with pretty much any of the people that you've mentioned. Um, I've had Teddy and RTS in uh, that position all year, and it, it certainly hasn't helped me with Teddy missing all those games and RTS having a slow start, but I think it'll come good for me on the run home. I think um, their ceiling is higher than any of the other options, but, um, you know, there's a fair bit more consistency there um, with, with likes of Munster, as you mentioned, Trebojevic as well. Um, most people have him in centre wing, but he's also a, a dual fullback, for, obviously. Um, one other question, Elrond Sybil IV, um, Gordon and Friend are out. Are the Roosters going to be able to score many points without them? Nope, probably not. Um, I can't probably... see it. <laughs> no, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Roosters have been having a really good season. I don't have the ladder in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they're still comfortably inside the top four. Um, but it's really going to hurt. Friends only three or four weeks, but I think Gordon in particular is going to hurt them more than people think. Um, Connor Watson will probably come in there and fill that void. But yeah, I don't know. I think the the Roosters are going to struggle for a few weeks here, especially. Oh, well, their backup hooker as well, Paul Carter, did Paul Carter things and he's no longer at the club. Um, so it may be that Watson actually might have to uh, slot up into hooker. So, you know, leaves fullback unknown, maybe Ferguson Fergo. goes back or, uh, or Mitchell. Um, I think my problem is watching the Roosters that 
when a few of them out, whether it's Pierce through Origin Duty or whatever, um, Kiri doesn't. You know, you would assume Kiri would take on more playmaking responsibilities, and that would help him. But I actually think he benefits from having other playmakers around him and he can kind of play with less responsibility. Um, I'm pretty sure his super coach output uh, has plummeted without Pierce. Pierce is obviously fit now, but there's two other playmakers in the side that are out. So Kiri's a sell for mine, but also just further to the question, I don't think he's going to help the Roosters' points output uh, for the run home. No, no, I don't, don't think so, mate. I think they're going to struggle for a little bit. Yeah. So, what else have we got? Uh, any decent? Any other decent ones uh, on Twitter, mate? Mate, I think that's covered most of them. There's a few others there, but I think we've sort of spoken about the questions in general throughout the pod, mate. So we might start to wrap it up. Um, like we said, another big week this week. Four teams on the bye, um, and then you know, then we're pushing on towards round twenty, and then we have all, everyone back on board, and that's when we should all sort of really have our final seventeen or very close to it for that last five or six weeks. Yeah, mate, and just a word of warning out there for any Origin stars in my side that want to rest. If you had a blue jersey on, you do not deserve to rest. Get oh. your backside out there, particularly for Feeder, your barely played pal. Um, get out there, Tedesco. I'm looking at all you guys. Um, no one from New South Wales should be taking the week off this week. Controversial. Controversial way to finish, mate, but we will wrap it up now. Have a good weekend. Good luck to everyone out there. Thank you very much for listening and for downloading, and we'll be back again next week. Cheers, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.